0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of God Talk. My name is Oluwatosin Additional. Well, it's not going to be anyone else, but oh, well, I just have to introduce myself. <laughs> so, I hope we have been learning a lot about god is his nature his character so um it gives us more understanding as to this person that we serve and this person that we look up to this person who is invisible but controls you know everything All right, let's backtrack a little and um, look at some of what we've learned. We've looked at the nature of God. We know that he's triune in God the Father, God the Spirit, and um, the spoken word, right? We've also seen his character, that he's creative, he's considerate, he's kind, he's loving and trusting. He is giving, he's protective. We see that um, even after... Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden of Eden, he still kept relationship with man. You know, he still tried to be in their lives. And if you look at that chapter of Genesis that talked about, you know, the curse and all of that, the reason he sent them out of the garden was so that they do not eat the tree of life, which meant that if they had eaten out of that tree, they'd have been able to live forever in that fallen state. And it would have just been terrible. So even sending them out of the garden was also a form of protecting them because we had already, you know, falling or our nature had already been corrupted. We see him as a loving and protective father. Kind of like, you know, leave this place, but I'm doing it for your own good. I'm doing it for your own sake I'm doing it so that I can figure out a way to bring you back without you corrupting yourself even further since we had shown that we lack restraint humankind lacked restraint (laughs) so yes we've seen all of that about him we have seen that he is long-suffering and hopeful he had put up with so much of man's evil then when we still used to live for over a thousand years he just you know his heart just kept breaking as he kept looking down and you know seeing us give our to so much depravity he is long-suffering and then is hopeful in that even when it hurt him and he, he decided to end it all like uh, destroy all of creation he was still hopeful that something will change his mind right thankfully he saw noah So he'd still decided to, you know, destroy everything, but then he kept Noah. He kept Noah and his family and he used Noah to preserve a fraction of creation. So, right, you remember that he said, he told Noah that animals will be coming to him and then he was supposed to preserve them in the ark. So yes, so God is long suffering and he's hopeful. That's his nature. Today we'll be looking at some other characters of God and we see that God watches. It's easy for us to think that no one sees us and, you know, we can just keep doing whatever it is we do in secret, in hiding, but then God looks down on the earth and he watches us. Just know that there's nothing you're doing in secret. God sees everything. So in Genesis chapter 11, we see the famous Tower of Babel story. We know this is where, biblically, this is where all languages in the world were born. And at least the natural languages, this is where they were born. Genesis chapter 11, at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with the tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. So God came. And he saw what they were doing. And then he was like, no, this is not what I want. I didn't tell you guys to gather in one place. I created the earth and I want you to spread out. So God's plan and desire wasn't for, you know, humankind to just stay in one place and just remain. He wanted us to spread out all over the world. So then guess what he says? In verse 7, he says, Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. I think this is a part of God that is actually very interesting. It says to me that God will accomplish what he wants. It's also very interesting to me. It shows him as a very interesting God. So he says, These people, this is not what I want them to do. I want them to, you know, spread out. And then let's go do something, you know, (laughs) <laughs> let's go do something interesting to them let's confuse their languages <laughs> let's confuse them so that they don't understand each other you know they don't speak one language and are able to do this that i do not want them to do so verse 8 says in that way the lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city that is why the city was called babel because that's where the lord confused the people with different languages in this way he scattered them all over the world World, so yeah, he got his way in the end. He scattered them all over the world. I think it's very interesting because <laughs> they didn't even know what was going on. One minute they were working, building um stones and trying to build this tower, and then the next thing they started speaking French, they started speaking English, they started speaking Yoruba, they started speaking Mandarin and you know all these other languages. And you know, they then had to regroup and then go their separate ways. I think that's a very interesting part of God I like the fact that he still got what he wanted in the end in a very interesting way alright so God watches then God searches for men he can use so if you look at Genesis chapter 12 God is the one who went to Abraham God saw Abraham and spoke to him so God chose Abraham and I'm sure there must have been a reason for God choosing Abraham and thankfully Abraham um allowed himself to be used by God in verse one it says the Lord had said to Abraham leave your native country your relatives and your families and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt all the families on earth will be blessed through you that's a because that last part, you know, signals Jesus, but oh, well, let's not go into that yet. God searches for men that he can use. Even with all that had happened with mankind, you know, God wanted and God still wants to be in a relationship with his creation. Our responsibility to God is just to believe and obey. That's basically all he expects from us, to believe and obey. If you look at Genesis 15 verse 6, it says, and Abraham believed. Okay, so here his name hadn't changed to Abraham. It was still Abram. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So God loves it when we believe him. You know, it's, it's, always, um, it's always interesting when we, we feel we need to see to believe. But then even without seeing, blessed is he who without even seeing believes. Right? So God loves it when we believe him, when you hear, when you feel him, not you, when you feel him, you know, telling you to move in a particular direction, just believing and obeying makes him happy. So and Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And if we look at Genesis chapter 17, verse nine, then God said to Abraham, here, his name had been changed. Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. Obey God, believe God, obey Him. And then the covenant here that He was referring to was the um, circumcision. Another character of God is that He is patient and long-suffering. God is really patient. If you look at Genesis chapter 15, verses 16, that this was after He was uh, after He had spoken to Abraham. He said, after four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, talking about the uh, slavery in Egypt. And then he said, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. So sometimes when we feel there's so much evil, and you know why isn't God doing anything about it? God is just waiting. He is just waiting. And then when that cup is full, is going to just, you know, extend. <laughs> so you think nothing is happening now just wait god is being patient with them he's been long suffering with them he's been he knows that uh, when his judgment comes it's going to be immediate so he is just you know just leave them probably they will change let's wait and see if they will change let's keep waiting god brings judgment God brings judgment. So we've seen that God is patient and long-suffering. But God also brings judgment. If you look at Genesis 19, verse 24. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them. He utterly, utterly destroyed them. This is a God that we see you know, as patient, as kind, as long-suffering, as, oh, when are these people going to change? Why don't they see my heart for them? Why don't they? And then we see that, you know, he utterly destroys them. So the fact that God is kind and patient doesn't mean that he will not bring his judgment. So the best we can do is that when we're enjoying that time of patience, we should just change immediately. We should just seize the opportunity and change. Cause if we do not, there is imminent judgment. The judgment is definitely going to come. Same way in our generation. It seems like God is quiet. It seems like he's not doing anything. Why is there so much evil and corruption in the world? You just keep doing what you're doing. You just keep serving him. The time his judgment is going to come, I hope I'm, well, by God's grace, I'm not going to be here, right? I'm just going to watch and <laughs> feel bad for the people who will be judged. But then they have the same opportunity as we have now to learn and to, you know, repent. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, we seize that opportunity. God speaks. We need to know that god speaks this being who created everything the heavens and the earth who created dogs and cats i love them so much he speaks if we humans speak how presumptuous it will be on our part to think that god doesn't speak god speaks let's look at genesis 17 oh before that let's look at genesis 13 verses 14 you see why we 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 look so much at the scripture because i told you guys before that the scripture is like god's cv it's like his way of showing us and telling us about himself so you have to know the word to be able to know god more right so yeah after lot had gone the lord said to abram look as far as you can see in every direction north and south east and west i am giving you all this land as far as you can see and your descendants as a permanent possession and i will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth they cannot be counted go and walk through the land in every direction for i am giving it to you i love it i love when god speaks because god always 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 keeps his promises um let's look at another era god also spoke genesis 17 1 to 9 i love this part when abram was 99 years old the lord appeared to him and said i am el shaddai god almighty god actually introduced himself imagine god appears himself to him and says i am el shaddai i am yahweh el shaddai means god almighty serve me faithfully and live a blameless life i will make a covenant with you by which i will guarantee to give you countless descendants again god is reiterating the fact that he just wants us to serve him he just wants us i don't know why mankind but then also you know the devil has been able to sow the seed of um me it has to be me me myself and i you know i don't uh, i don't obey anyone if it doesn't suit me it's all part of the bigger plan to make submitting to god difficult because we were created for god's glory now imagine us trying to then serve ourselves and say we will not you know we won't serve anyone we won't serve one another we won't serve we just want to be for ourselves alone that is wrong that's it's that is part of the sin nature and you know this is not what god wants god wants us to serve him god wants us to obey him god wants us to choose him and basically he will take care of us he will take care of us as long as we choose him so the onus is on us to always choose him so that god reiterates his promise to abraham again again and again and that's not the only part i said it again and again let's look at genesis 18 1 the lord appeared again to abraham I the fact that god just kept appearing to abraham is like you know he just he just wanted to God really, really wanted to establish, you know, a new covenant. God really wanted to to start all over again, you know, with Abraham. And Genesis 18 verse 1, we see the Lord appeared again to Abraham. So God likes to speak. God likes to, to be in communion with his creation. That is who he is. Now, God always, I love this part, God always, always, always keeps his promises. Genesis 21 verses 1, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. What was this promise? The promise was that God will give him a son named Isaac. But then if you read the previous chapters you know that the first time Sarah heard it she laughed because she felt she was too old and Abraham was also too old to father a child. And then we see that even Abraham, when he heard it, he was, <laughs> you know, he was, he was quite sceptic about it. Then Sarah tried to help God bring that promise to pass. Sarah gave um Abraham her maid, Hagar. And then funny thing is that Hagar actually got pregnant. She bought a son for Abraham and named him Ishmael. But then that wasn't God's promise, right? So God came again to, to Abraham and he told him, yes, I promised that I'm going to give you a son and, you know, from this son. And then Abraham was like, oh, yes, 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 um, Ishmael. And then God was like, no, no, not Ishmael. <laughs> not Ishmael. I told you, I don't know what you guys did. I had told you what I, you know, what I wanted to do. So that one that you people did was for yourself. So, yes, because Ishmael is from you, I will make him great. But then he's not the child of promise. The child of promise is going to come from you and Sarah. And you know the good thing or the interesting thing? After they had tried to do it themselves, God waited years. So it was, it was kind of like, oh, you think you still have vigor? That's why you could have gone to, you know, this maidservant to try to bring what I said to pass. I will wait. I will wait till you no longer have strength in you. And then I will bring my promise to pass. So unto one verse one says, Lord kept his word and did for Sarah, exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. Genesis 22 verses 17 to 18 says, I swear by my own name. God, what a thing for God to swear by his own name when he's promising you something. In fact, you just need to go and sleep because that is definitely coming to pass. So 17 verses 1, I swear by Mm. 17 22 verses 17 pardon (laughs) I swear by my own name That I will certainly bless you I will multiply your descendants Beyond number Like the stars in the sky And the sand on the seashore Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies And through your descendants All the nations of the earth will be blessed All because you have Obeyed All because you have obeyed me I love that so much I swear by my name, God, please swear by your name that you'll do something for me. It's going to be just between the two of us. I mean, the assurance, that is a level of assurance that you can go to sleep and know that it's done. It's done. Genesis 24 verses one says, Abraham was now a very old man and the Lord had blessed him in every way. So this was um, uh, towards the time of his death when he was talking um, about um, having Isaac married. But then we see that God had blessed him in every way. God keeps his promises. Another thing about God is that God loves it when we choose him. God loves it when we choose him. Remember that Adam and Eve had actually... um, Rebelled against him. Instead of choosing him, they chose the devil. Instead of siding with him, they sided with the devil. So God loves it when we choose him. Genesis 22, verse 12 says, Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. It was like, okay, yes, I see now that you will choose me in any situation. For you to have been able to go this far, God was testing Abraham's ability to give what he held dearest to him a son he had at a hundred years old a son that was his inheritance you know so god said now i know that you truly fear me it was like there is nothing too hard for abraham to give me if he can give me his son god can test us with what it is that we hold dearly do you fear me do you love me even more than this god loves it when we choose him and i hope that he the holy spirit will help us to always choose god in every every way now lastly we see that god leads and directs genesis 24 verse 12 this is when um, abraham's servant was talking to god was praying to god to lead him and to give him success in, in his choice for a wife for his master for his master's son he said "O oh lord god of my master abraham Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. So he was talking about the fact that, you know, he wanted to pick a wife for Isaac as Abraham had commanded him, but, you know, he wanted to make a right choice. So he was asking God to lead him and direct him and help him find favor. In verses 27, we see the Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness before he has led me straight to my father's relatives. And in verse 27, we see that the servant said, the Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master or he has led me straight to my master's relatives so god leads and he directs so you see that god is very much a real person i know that sometimes we either we do not believe him or we think it's just this big person in the sky or we attribute god to nature that's just silly or we we just for example for a long time i just used to pray you know this mechanical or this structured prayer: heavenly father our father in heaven our god we say thank you we, better, we worship. You. Oh. You know, there is no hint of knowing that you are speaking to a real person. I mean, obviously, we know he's a person. We know he's real. But then the consciousness that we are speaking to someone who hears. We're very, 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 very real person. So... I do hope that all of these characteristics of God will help us see him as a real being and as someone who we can trust as someone who first of all wants to take care of us so in turn he deserves our trust. God deserves our trust he deserves our devotion because he is a good God. So recapping what is good and I'm not just saying God is good, God is good, God is good God is good. Good, as we have been able to see, God is good, God is kind, God is patient, God is long-suffering, God loves us. You know one of the scriptures that reminded me that, "Ah, no, this God, I will always choose Him, I will always serve him is Genesis 8, verses 21, he said, and the Lord was pleased with her. That's that's referring to Noah's sacrifice. But then down it says, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest cold and heat summer and winter. Day. And night. So look at this part, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. So that shows that, you know, God had accepted us even in our fallen state. It was like, I love these people so much. I love them so much that even in their fallen state, I will no longer destroy them with water. And then we see that God had already made a way of escape because yes, he, if he could destroy the first world, you know, with water, because he had had enough of evil of uh, our... our depravity and then we know that this world is going to be destroyed with fire. So technically he's keeping us promise. He's not destroying with water, he's destroying with fire. But we see that even in our fallen state, God loves us so much. When he was he was referring to the sin of the um of the Amorites, he said it's not it has not boiled over yet. It hasn't gotten to the point where I will bring judgment. So let's just Let me just keep waiting and see if they will turn from their ways. God is patient. God is kind. God is amazing. He loves us so much. God watches us. Know that God watches you. God is very interesting, as we've seen, you know, from the story of the Tower of Babel. God speaks. God always keeps his promises God loves it when we choose him and then God leads and directs I hope that all of this will help us be more intentional in our relationship with God because we know who he is now if we're not just referring to him or talking to him as like just the Supreme being who is just really scary and you know sends judgment or brings judgment down on us but he's someone who has a personality you know God's personality now you know his character you know his nature I hope I hope, I pray, I desire that you choose to serve Him and you choose to side with Him every waking day.